0: between
1: Man, There is freedom. When I'm walking through the valley, your presence is around me because nothing stands between me and my God. And the fear that was my prison is no longer where I'm living because nothing stands between me and my God. There's no place I can go that he is not. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Every stronghold has to break in the name of Jesus. Watch the lies break off. Watch the enemy flee. Watch the walls come come crumbling down. Hear the heavenly roar of every heart set free. Hear the chains of shame hit the ground. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom, church. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is freedom. Good morning. What a wonderful worship service we had this morning with Lindsay and the men's quartet. <laughs> it was, it was beautiful. I've been trying to hold my composure. But there is freedom. I hope everyone here feels the blessing of the fellowship and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I am humbled and honored that Pastor Todd asked me to deliver this message that the Lord has put on my heart. And thank you for the introduction from Ron um, and most of all, besides being a deacon here at New Hope, I am a servant of Jesus. Amen. Today's message is on spiritual freedom. I have, an, I have a question for everyone to think about Are you living in spiritual freedom? Spiritual freedom, what is the meaning of spiritual freedom? Our battle is not in the flesh. It is in the spirit. Before I start, I just want to warn all of you. I use many scriptures when I'm leading the men's class or up on this platform. If those scriptures make you uncomfortable, just remember, it is not me. It is the living word of God. Our battle is in the spirit and not in the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And just to let you know that many of you use electronic devices, your cell phone for the Word of God, but I just want to let you know that there is something special about the anointed, holy Word of God in print, and the Bible truly is a sword of the Spirit. What is holding you back with your walk in Jesus? What strongholds, arguments, high things are holding you back and exalting itself against the knowledge of God? Strongholds are strong, concentrated resistance trying to withstand God. The word arguments and high things is translated in the New Living Translation as we Use God's mighty weapon, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. Arguments are prideful, and and pride is a spirit, a high thing from the devil. And we can cast down and bring every thought into captivity to bring the minds our minds into obedience of Christ. Do you understand how the devil tries to control our minds with television programs? Telling us a vision to program us to think of ways of the world, movies, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, movies, or music that is, or just a few other ways And I'm not saying that everything in the avenue of entertainment is from the devil. An example of this is the song that was just played, There is Freedom. The song I started with this morning. And we have freedom in Jesus. But most of the entertainment world exposes us to false teachings of the world and opens our eye gate and ear gates to violence and picture-perfect views of life with the gods of this world, the little G's, in control of this world, and it doesn't turn our minds to Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for you are holy. In the mighty name of Jesus, I bind the strong men in all. In Jesus' mighty name, Distressing spirits, not of God, you are silenced and have no voice. Mind control, you are bound also. All spirits, not of Jehovah God, in the mighty name of Jesus, you must leave. I ask for the heavenly angels to fight and protect us in the spiritual realm. And may we all be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. And, Heavenly Father, may we feel and see the manifestation of your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, I pray for Israel. I pray for the innocent lives. I pray that your will be done in the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, be with me as I bring forth your message, your word. Let me not stray away. Guide me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Just in case you don't pay attention to this message, I'm going to start with the end. I need everyone to to understand why you came to church today. Whatever you came in with today that is not of God, you you do not need to leave with it. You do not need to take anything home with you today that is not of God. You should come to the altar and we will pray for you. And in the name of Jesus, we will sever strongholds and all distressing spirits from you, those spirits that are from the devil. You do not have to carry that burden any longer. The authority of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit can set you free. And then you can use it as a testimony to give God the glory Come now and let the authority of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit move in you and set you free. And if Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, but now you believe, God is calling you right now to come to the altar and make a public confession that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, everyone just heard the end of the message. Will you have spiritual freedom today? Just humble yourself. Call on the name of Jesus, because this is a house of prayer. Isaiah 56, 7. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in the house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Anytime during this message <clears throat> you feel the need to be set free, you just come to the altar and someone will pray with you. There's no protocol. This is the altar call. And you can come anytime. Do not keep what is not of God with you any longer. Spiritual freedom. Are you living in spiritual freedom? Freedom. What is freedom? The condition of not being in captivity. Being free from conformity of the world. Liberated from from chains. The ability to think thoughts of righteousness. Captivity. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Casting down Arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Conformity. Romans twelve two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable acceptable and perfect will of God chains psalms 107:14 and he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces thoughts of righteousness proverbs 12:5 the thoughts of righteous, righteousness are right but the counsel of the wicked are deceitful. What came in with you today that is not of God? Romans 8.15 For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. When we cry out in the name of Jesus, we will be freed from bondage. Second Timothy one seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. The spirit of fear is from the devil. Second Corinthians seven one. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit protecting perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So I'm going to start the message now. We're going to dig in deep into the living word of God. So if you open your bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 27. 1 Samuel, chapter 9, verse 27. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servants to go ahead. Go ahead of us. And he went on. But you stand here a while, that I may announce to you the word of God. Next verse. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, It is not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance. But God did anoint Saul at that time and Samuel prophesied letting him know what was going to happen to him so he would know that God is with him. Skip the verse. Chapter 10, verse 7. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands for God is with you. All the prophecies were going to be fulfilled so Saul would know he was going to be king. Verse 9, so it was when he turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. God changed Saul's heart. He gave him a new heart, a fresh heart. All the prophecies were fulfilled, and the people of Israel, the people God delivered from Egypt, from the Egyptians, they rejected God. The God that saved them from their adversaries and tribulations, they rejected that God and wanted a king. Just to let you know, if you reject God, He will let you. God has given all of us free will. Verse 19. But you have today rejected your God Who himself saved you from all your adversaries, adversaries, and your tribulations. And you have said to him, no, set a king before us. Now therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your clans. How many times do we reject God and turn to man for the answers? God gave us free will so we can choose to seek him or the world. If we deny the father, he will let us. But it will come at a price. Matthew 10:32 to 33. Therefore whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. If we give the devil an opportunity to creep in, the devil will get a toehold, then a foothold, and that foothold will turn into a stronghold. Saul made many wrong choices as king, and he rebelled against God. Instead of obeying God, he would offer sacrifices to the Lord. In 1 Samuel 15:22, it tells us it is better to obey than sacrifice. 1 Samuel 15:22. So Samuel said, "Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices?" This verse he's trying to convince the Lord, you know, have you these great delights? I have all these burnt offerings and sacrifices for you. As if obeying the voice of the Lord. He wasn't obeying the voice of the Lord. He was doing sacrifices to try and make amends for not obeying the voice. Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice, to heed than the fat of rams. So heed, listen. You want them to listen. God wanted Saul to listen, not to sacrifice. When we do not follow Jesus and do not seek God and choose to rebel and be disobedient, we will open ourselves to evil spirits First Samuel 15:23 for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as an iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. When we rebel and live in stubbornness, we invite the devil in. We open the door to the devil. So, what happened to Saul? Verse 24. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment, the Lord, and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me, that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the words of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being the king over Israel. How often do we fear people and do not obey the word of God? It happened to Moses. He didn't follow God's direction. And although Moses did great things for the Lord, Jehovah God didn't let Moses into the promised land. In Numbers, chapter 20, verses 7 to 12, it spells this out. And we are going to, we're not going to go too deep into this because this would be a whole other message. But if I could have Moses and Aaron please come to the platform. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, this is Moses speaking, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly and the congregation and the animals drank. (laughs) But Moses, And Aaron, the Lord, verse 12, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me and hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. So Moses, you didn't follow the word of the Lord. You were supposed to speak to the rock for the water. Instead, you hit it twice with with your staff, not believing in God and doing what you were told to do and sanctifying God in the eyes of the children of Israel. Instead, you struck the rock twice for the water. God supplied the water, but it came in a price for Moses. He was not permitted to enter the promised land. Thank you, Moses. Thank you, Aaron. Now through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we can receive salvation. Jehovah God spared Moses and the children of Israel by giving them water for for life from the rock. Moses was able to get water For life, but we can receive the living water from Jesus, our rock. But if we are disobedient along the way, we will open ourselves up to trials, tribulations, distressing spirits that we were not meant to have. What have you opened yourself up to? What did you bring in today that is not of God? Don't go home with it choose to walk in spiritual freedom. Saul was disobedient and opened himself up to distressing spirits. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. I want to make this clear with this verse. The, the distressing spirit from the Lord was not of the Lord, but God's spirit departed Saul, and the Lord our God, because Saul, because of Saul's disobedience, allowed an evil, distressing spirit to come into him. Do you know if you're not willing to be obedient to the Lord and do what you were told, God will give the anointing that was meant for you to someone else? Before the Spirit of the Lord left Saul, David was anointed. Let's go back up to verse six, chapter 16, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah. I want everyone to get a better picture of God's anointed one, David. Let's go back up to verse 11. And if David would please come forward. In 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse 11 and 12. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said there remains yet the youngest and there he is keeping with the sheep and Samuel said to Jesse send and bring him for he will not sit down till he comes here so he sent and brought him in and now David was ruddy and I'm like what does ruddy mean ruddy is healthy-looking, with bright eyes, and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint this one. (laughs) Just a side note, if the Word of God said he was good-looking, he must have been extremely good-looking. Like Pastor told us a few weeks ago, the word of God said Esau was hairy. Esau must have been extremely hairy. Thank you, David. Saul had this distressing spirit that the Lord allowed to come on him because of his ungodly choices. This is a little fun fact. Do you know the only way we can make a distressing spirit leave is commanding that spirit to leave through the name of Jesus, the authority of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. It must leave. But before Jesus of the New Testament, you couldn't command a spirit to leave. So under the advisement of Saul's servant, they looked for a skillful, player of the harp to soothe distressing spirits. And guess who they found? It was David, the anointed one, the man who would become king. And David became the armor-bearer of Saul. So in 1 Samuel chapter 16, 16, verse 23, And so it was Whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from Saul. Could someone bring the harp in? Oh, I didn't plan that. (laughs) It was in my head, though. I thought it would be really cool. What was David's most notable act of valor? Does anyone know? What did David do? He slayed Goliath, yes. Before he killed Goliath, you know what he did? He spoke it. He spoke it before Goliath. He spoke to him and said in 1 Samuel Chapter 17, verse 44 to 47, and the Philistine, that's Goliath, do I have the right verse there? Okay, so verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you in my hands. Can you imagine David Speaking to Goliath, the giant, this way. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give your carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword or a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And we can do the same thing. And in the name of Jesus, when we come up against evil we need to speak it and command it to leave in the mighty name of Jesus. And that distressing spirit must obey. And the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon them because we walk in the authority of the name of Jesus. Chapter 17, verse 49. Then David put his hand Hand in, the, in his bag and took out a stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank in his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. And when David killed Goliath, then David went wherever Saul went and defeated many armies. Although David was loyal to Saul, when the women celebrated Saul and David's return from battle and were singing what is written in 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 7, "Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands." Now Saul was angry. And what happened next? That distressing spirit came back. Anger is not of God; it is a spirit from the devil. And Saul left. let that spirit in. Verse 8. Then Saul was very angry and staying displeased. The saying displeased him, and he said, They ascribe David ten thousand, and me they ascribed a, thou, a thousand, only a thousand. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So can you hear the whining in Saul's voice? They ascribed David 10,000, and only I. I just got a 1,000. And he was worried about losing his kingdom because the people loved David. So verse 9. So Saul eyed David from that day forward. You know what it means to eye someone? It is the evil eye. The evil eye can curse somebody. So Saul eyed David from that day forward. Verse 10. And it happened on the next on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul. And he prophesied inside the house. Saul spoke it. That was Saul's prophecy. He was speaking what he was going to do. So David played music with his hand as other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear. For he said... I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Because the Lord was with David. Saul let a murderous spirit in. Saul made many evil choices before and after losing his anointing of the Lord. And he was under the influence of a distressing a distressing spirit, a murderous spirit what distressing spirits have you let in by your choices? What distressing spirits came in with you today through your eye gate, through your ear gate? Do not make that spirit your identity. That spirit is not you. There are only three sources of voices you can hear in your mind, your own thoughts, the Holy Spirit, or a distressing spirit from the devil. Your thoughts are of productivity, fun, of rest. The Holy Spirit will only speak the goodness of God and the righteous direction of your life. And a distressing spirit will speak ungodly thoughts to you. If you have any type of ungodly thoughts, it is of the devil and those spirits can be removed from you and sent to the pit of hell in the mighty name of Jesus. The distressing spirits in Saul that departed him in 1 Samuel 16.26 through the soothing music of David left and came back as the distressing spirit wanted to. David did not have the ability to call on the authority of the name of Jesus. But we have Jesus. We can walk in the authority of the name of Jesus. And we can call on the power of the Holy Spirit to remove distressing distressing spirits. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19 to 20, Behold, I give authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name is written in the book of heaven. We as a church, instead of soothing spirits, we need to call on the authority of the name of Jesus. The spirits that we are soothing, we need to remove from our lives. Stop soothing spirits with things of the world. What do you soothe spirits with? What do you ease distressing spirits with? Do you use therapy, medication, illegal or legal drugs, alcohol, secular music, worldly movies, fantasy books? What do you soothe the spirits with? When David killed Goliath, he was already the armor bearer to Saul. And Saul knew David who David was, but he didn't know about David. The first thing Saul asked after David killed Goliath was not the details of the fight or what the Philistines did after Goliath was killed. He wanted to know who was David's father. Saul wanted to know the lineage of David. Look at yourself. You may know who Jesus was, but do you know who Jesus is? And does Jesus know you? Saul knew that David was the man that could soothe distressing spirits. We turn a man just like Saul in efforts to soothe s- distressing spirits. Saul didn't know that David was anointed to be the next king. All he knew is that David killed Goliath and Saul wanted to know where he came from. Who was his father? We turn to man to soothe the distressing spirits when we should turn to Jesus, the king of kings, whose father is in heaven, Jehovah, Lord God Almighty, the great I am, Yahweh, (sighs) who was his father? We turn a man to soothe distressing spirits. Jesus is the authority we can move in. We do not need to soothe spirits. They're not of God. We need to remove them by calling on the authority of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and give Jehovah God all the glory because He is your Father. In 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, church, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Who is your father? Who do you call on when your circumstances are good? And who do you call on when your circumstances are bad? Romans 8:15, Romans chapter 8, verse 15 to 16. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again of to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We can call on God to move in our lives. What are you going to be freed from today? What are you going to give God the glory for today? John 8, verse 32 and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Make you free. The truth makes us free. Jesus will set you free free from the bondage of sin. Whatever comes into your life, you don't have to keep it. The authority of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit will set you free. I'm trying to explain John chapter 8, verse 34 to 36 without reading it. But nothing explains the Bible better than the scriptures in the Bible. So John chapter 8, verse 34 to 36. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. That word of God is true and freeing. Right now, you know the distressing spirit you came in with today. You do not need to take it home with you today. Jesus can remove them from your life right now. Listen, this is not a coincidence that you're here today at this church service. You may or may not have known that Pastor wasn't going to be here today. but you follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and, you're in, and you are in this service, hearing this message that God gave to me for all of you. You were appointed to be here today, right now, but you have the free will to walk out of this church building with everything you came in with today. But why would you? Why would you do that? God has given you the opportunity for freedom. We all need spiritual freedom. In closing, do not let the spirit of pride. came in with today that is not of God you do not have to leave with it you do not have to take anything home with you today that is not of God you should come to the altar and we will pray for you and in the name of Jesus we will set sever strongholds and distressing spirits from you those spirits are from the devil